Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Soapy Box. I'm Denali Bell. This is Nicole Rennick and Tyler Bell. Today, we're talking about boundaries, which is going to be a super interesting topic because Tyler's my son, Nicole's his girlfriend. So interesting dynamic as we share our stories in forming boundaries. feel bold for accepting this position right now. (laughs) (laughs) It is. And you are invited, both of you, to share anything about me or if I've overstepped boundaries with you as we go on. I think it's fair. I think we can all learn and my feelings won't be hurt. I will only grow from it. Heard that. Yeah. If you don't believe me, that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to start off with just telling you my story and my journey um, on wanting to improve my boundaries. As with most people... If you have a lack of boundaries or find yourself to be a little bit boundaryless, which I was, um, I lacked boundaries. I let people cross mine and I also crossed people's. I think most people do. Yes. I yeah. think a lot of people do. And it, I think everybody does. <laughs> yes. It happens a lot in childhood, in your formative years, when you're not taught boundaries correctly. And it can happen in a dysfunctional family. It can happen if you were neglected. It can happen if you have an authoritarian parent. There's so many ways this can happen. Um, even if it didn't happen in your childhood, maybe you had trauma. Sexual trauma is a huge issue for people who suffer um, from boundary issues. So I think part of the reason is, is because you don't know where your body begins and another ends and you don't know how to give permission properly. It creates a lot of issues. But in my situation, my parents didn't have great boundaries and their parents didn't either. It's kind of a generational thing. And so I didn't develop the skills to say no to people properly because I wanted to be loved. And our parents, my parents were also divorced and there was other issues that factored into it. But I found early on that if I wanted someone to like me or love me, I did things to please them. And I didn't interfere with some of their emotions. So I wouldn't want somebody to be angry, so I would comply. Or I wanted them to love me, so I would do things, favors, buy them lunch, do different things to help make them love me. But over time... It wasn't so hard, you know, when I was younger, but as I got older, I found myself really tired, overwhelmed, frustrated, and I knew something was wrong. And a friend also knew something was wrong because she gave me the book Boundaries. (laughs) And that was, I was actually several years ago, I want to say probably 15 years ago. And I started reading the book and I tossed it aside. I thought, this she just doesn't get me. <laughs> Nobody she doesn't wants get to me. Like, no, they're wrong in boundaries or doesn't even understand no. it. You know, even when they're actually wrong. And I, I was like, why? I don't, like, she doesn't get who I am. I'm just a free spirit. I don't do well with structure. <laughs> I think I've said that to you before. <laughs> yes, I just, Mommy, don't, just don't get me. <laughs> I don't deal well with structure. I don't need these kind of rules. This is just my personality. But unfortunately, as time went on things began to progress. Like the anxiety got deeper, the depression got worse and longer and the frustration. My relationship started to fail. My marriage wasn't doing well um, and my children suffered. That self-sacrificing saint wasn't unsustainable. It was unsustainable. It wasn't. I was overwhelmed, tired and frustrated. I was taking the responsibilities of other people 
I wasn't completing any of my goals. I wasn't doing the things I wanted to do in life because I was so busy helping other people with their emergency, with their current crisis. And I thought that was my responsibility or duty, especially as a Christian. I thought, okay, I have more. I should give more. I have the ability. I should help. And it was a lie because I was taking people's responsibilities, their emotional responsibilities. Okay, you're lonely. I better feed that. Oh, your marriage is in crisis. I better help you. Whatever somebody was going through, I was there to help. Some of them asked, some of them didn't. (laughs) I inserted myself a lot too in people's lives because I thought, oh, I can see this. They need my help. They need a savior. Yeah. I didn't know, you know, at that that time that I was taking the place of Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Not really because I couldn't, but I... I wanted to help and I wanted to save them. And it, I didn't focus on my own problems in my own life because I was focused on theirs. Mm-hmm. So it was very overwhelming because I didn't get to complete anything. I didn't get to live the life I was created for. And I thought, okay, then I thought, maybe this was my role in life. Mm-hmm. I'm a support agent for everyone. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Until... I started having crazy fantasies. Okay, I'm going to leave the country. The only way I can get a break is to leave the country. I had fantasies of being in a hospital. I thought, okay, if I broke an arm or if I injured myself, I could get a break. Mm -hmm. And then I even got all the magazines about where I could live in another country. And I thought, maybe just a break for like a year and then everything would be okay. Run away from problems. (laughs) Yeah. And then a family um, member got sick and I thought, oh, I can't ever leave because she may need me. Mm. And so then I was driving down the road after a real heavy dose of helping people and it was raining really hard. And I just pressed the gas as fast as I could go. I couldn't even see the road. And I said, God, please take me, please take me. And he didn't. And I do, I did, I have thought about like, what if I would have hurt somebody else on the road that day? Mm. Like I really wanted to just die. But God didn't take me. But two days later, I ran into this woman who I had actually seen as a therapist before. And again, I thought she just didn't get me the first day. (laughs) Note to self, when somebody irritates you or a book irritates you, there might be something in it for you. Just life note. Um, (laughs) I went to see her. I just ran into her and I go, I need to see you. I just knew. I felt like God led her to me. And the first thing she said was, what makes you think you just can't say no? Like, why can't you just say no or choose not to do something? Mm -hmm. And again, I go, oh, I will. Because the people pleaser in me wants her to like me. Like, oh, you're right. That's a really good idea. And in my head, I'm like, she just doesn't get it. She doesn't get my family. She doesn't get my friends. (laughs) But as I saw her, I did do EMDR with her. And um, a lot of trauma was lifted. And that was kind of the beginning of me understanding, like, I don't have to live this life. Mm -hmm. Even though I didn't start right there, it just opened up the possibility, like, I don't have to do this. I would say it once in a while, but I didn't quite live it yet. And then my marriage was really in a bad place, probably a couple of years later from that. And I was ready to leave because I was so overwhelmed by making everybody else a priority in my life. And 
you know, it was of course my husband's fault. And so I picked up this book. I'm joking. I picked up the book Boundaries again. And I will say my husband was a huge boundary buster at the time. And he wouldn't let me read the book. He was so, he knew I was going to leave. He knew I was wrong. He knew it was a bad situation and he wouldn't even just let me read a book. So I started reading it out loud. And this was the beginning of huge change for us. We read the book, maybe a paragraph or two for three solid days straight, and we would discuss it. We would discuss ourselves, how I saw myself in the book, how I saw him. He would tell me the same. And it was life-changing. Because part of the problems when you grow up in a boundaryless house or you have no sense of boundaries, you're, you're like an alien <laughs> in a new land where you don't quite understand what people are saying. It's like a different language. And I started to understand that this whole feeling of being out of control wasn't his fault. It was my own damn fault. <laughs> you know, I was responsible for my own life and I wasn't taking responsibility for it. I was taking responsibility for so many others, but my own. And so that was kind of the beginning of change. And I believe it's because truth was in the middle of it. And there was so much truth spoke to each other, but also learning the truth of why I didn't have boundaries and why I was letting people walk on me and why I was taking so much responsibility And the truth behind it was, is I just wanted people to love me. So I was doing things for them. I didn't want to lose relationships. So I feared losing them. And I didn't understand what true love looked like. And so that was my transition into boundaries. Now, I don't have it all sewn up. I'm still on my journey and there's a couple people in my life who it's still hard for me to set firm boundaries with. and But you're darn vigilant now. <laughs> I am. Well trained. I well, am. I am. Yeah, but you're I'm pointing boundaries out everywhere we go and every movie we watch. <laughs> I do. Every social setting. Like they could have used boundaries right there. They <laughs> could. So I'm a student I of boundaries. Used boundaries right yeah, there. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I guess that's what I wanted to talk about it today because it's it's such a life changer for me. And I know that even you, you grew up in a house with me, mm-hmm. right? So you've had to have had some kind of difficulty along the way with boundaries. So I, when I talked about doing this podcast with you, I want to know, like, have you noticed a time in your life or was there a defining moment where you wanted to improve your boundaries or where you noticed there was a problem? Yeah. Um, like growing up, I saw you as the example for boundaries and I'm not going to completely blame like my boundary problems on you. Can. You can, it's fair. I'm not going to though. Cause I like, there's personal accountability. I've, I heard the term. I right. mean, I wasn't taught about it in school because that's not something like a life right. skill that they would want to teach you. I think everybody but, builds it. Yeah. I feel like even if you have a good example of boundaries in your family, you yeah. still have to learn it on yeah. your own. You still have you to learn, learn some at school, right? Cause yeah. you have to be at school at a certain time. There's rules. You yeah. learn boundaries with some people. And that's not to shame people. anybody at any age that's still like, struggling to learn or even comprehend what boundaries are. Um, I know that, you know, I I took the same role that you did and I, and I, and I definitely emulated like the people pleasing, the not wanting to hurt people and, and taking their responsibility to be a savior. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I definitely took those roles on for myself and ultimately like I really struggled in a lot of my relationships and my friendships. And there was always like this, 
just contention and like resentment for people because I wanted them to like me. So I'd do a lot and I just wouldn't get much in return, you know? And I felt like I was always overgiving, oversharing, overdoing a lot of things. Um, and I just, I got to, and I know my relationships, you know, with me and Nicole, we had like a really big contentious part at the beginning of our relationship about mm-hmm. boundaries where I didn't even understand entirely what it meant to have boundaries still. It was like a year ago. And it was like a big moment because you put it in my face and we're like, I'm really learning this. You need to see this because this is where you're messing up right here, you know? And it was a big moment that kind of switched a knot, you know what I mean? I got to see all the past relationships that I was in and all my friendships that I used to be in that 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 were having this problem with my boundaries. And I got to kind of, I got to reflect and see that in the mirror for once. And mm-hmm. it was pretty ugly at first, but you know, um, I think that moment alone was like the real switch for me. Mm-hmm. You know? I agree with that too. Mm-hmm. It really helped me, especially when we got that book thrown in our face. Oh yeah. So <laughs> I, just, like, just like somebody bought her a book, she bought me the book and I got to read it and I got to be like, well, she bought both of us. Yeah. Oh yeah. You too, mm-hmm. huh? And we got to be extra vigilant in our boundaries and learn. And honestly, like just the first three, four chapters of that book are it's like enough for Life you changing. to just mm-hmm. get it a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> To open up your eyes to a different world. Yeah. And, and I think it was good to, it helped me recognize my part in things. So I guess we should define boundaries. I'll kind of give you my couple definition. I think of it as, and I, I actively have to think of this sometimes when I'm in a situation where I need to define a boundary is like the fence in my yard, everything in my yard is my boundary. That Mm -hmm. is like the fence is the boundary. Everything in my yard is my responsibility. And my neighbor has a fence too around his yard and everything in his yard is his responsibility. So I'm not going to sneak over if he's not watering his vegetables enough and sneak into his yard to water his vegetables and then not water mine, Mm -hmm. right? Because one, I'd be trespassing a boundary that he set up. He didn't invite me in. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm not going to sneak in there and save his vegetables and kill mine. Mm -hmm. But- (laughs) Yeah, true, huh? Yes. But, you know, a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was like a month ago, he came over and he said, your tree's growing in my yard. You know, we need to do something about it because it's going to push the fence in. So I hired someone to cut the tree. So he very respectfully came to me, said something of mine was trespassing on his property. Let's get it out. Right. And I thought that was handled well. And then his cats sneak into my yard and I send the Yorkie outside to chase them out when they trespass into my yard. so it's a it's a boundary it's like it's what's my responsibility what's his responsibility and we don't trespass without permission right would you agree Mm -hmm. absolutely do you have more you want to add to that um yeah so i think like we see boundaries often as like walls Mm -hmm. and like to keep everything out and shielded and a lot of people like to shield everything from coming in But boundaries should be fences with gates where you allow the good things to come in and keep the bad things from coming in. Um, And boundary problems occur when you don't use that gate properly. So for I'm going to give you guys four boundary problems. They're going to show you what to kind of look for in yourself and others when you see a boundary problem arise or you kind of get that body feeling that there's a a boundary problem near. so with uh, the first one I like to mention, and that's the one that me and mom and I feel like Nicole is a little bit our compliant people. So 
we can't say uh, we can't say no. We can and now. We can now, but we <laughs> the, to be a compliant means you have a hard time saying no, and you can't say yes, or, or you end up saying yes to the bad. And it's mostly because you fear what would happen if you did say no. You would be, or you're afraid of losing your relationship or fear of hurting their feelings or the conflict because you can't handle it, you know? So for example, you know, you, you're in a relationship and you, you know, your partner says like, do you want to do this thing? And you don't want to do it. And it's invading your personal boundaries. If you say yes, even though you don't want to, you're being compliant to that person, mm-hmm. right? So, and you're going against your own needs and you would end up feeling resentment in the long term towards that person because you didn't stick up for your own needs and you feel like it's their fault that you aren't getting what you need. Um, and for an example as well, with the gate analogy, um, this is you know allowing the bad to come in through the gate. So a lot of people, I think, with sexual trauma, mm-hmm. right, would have a hard time deciphering that. Yeah. Or like what's, because what was bad, let's say you were abused as a child mm-hmm. for many, many years. You are always letting bad in and keeping mm-hmm. good out. It exactly. it's becomes a programming that would be hard to change. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's just hard to to understand this because you have to, you got to be bold and brave a little bit in these moments that you need to stick up for yourself. Mm-hmm. And when you're not used to doing that, it's like, it's difficult. Well, and when you've been trained not to. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it takes bravery and, it does. and a lot of courage at, at first. And then it starts to become a little bit natural, mm-hmm. you know. Um, the next one I want to cover is avoidant. And this is the second boundary problem. Um, these people can't say yes and they struggle to say yes. So they end up saying no to the good, even if it's good for them. And uh, they fear what would happen if they did say yes. So would it interrupt their pride? You know, would it somehow affect their ego and how they want to, you know. I can't relate to this one. Yeah. I don't even know how this works. What do you mean? Like, so do like, you have a person or like yes. in our family that would do this? Is dad this way? <laughs> he can be. You know, he can be. Where like, his instant answer is so, no. Yeah. And then so, until he thinks so about it. So you want to hire somebody to come fix the, the dishwasher. Okay. He, his pride would say, no, don't do that. Oh, Yep. So yeah, it's definitely he, he would say thing. yes to him doing it himself, right? Yes. And no to the good person because he might not know how to fix that dishwasher. But it's he, saying no to that person. Okay. The good to come into to come into the house, help, right? Yes, because so, he doesn't want a stranger in his house. Yeah. Another reason might be like vulnerability, like your uh-huh. fear of vulnerability. Like you've been hurt so many times in the past that it's easier to just put a shell up to allow anybody to come in. You and see to that do everything lot, like, yourself. You see that in a lot of mm-hmm. movies and stuff, you know? Um, and, and to go back to the gate example, you know, this is keeping good from coming in the gate. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then the third boundary problem is controllers and they can't hear no. So this is the other, the other flip side of these boundary problems. Um, they don't respect the boundaries of others. And they say, they see your no as a challenge to overcome that no and, and to, to push your boundaries. And because they want they what they want. They seek compliance people yeah. probably to yeah. connect with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and it's a funny, interesting relationship that those two have. So say uh, in the example that I mentioned earlier about relationships and my partner was saying, wanting me to do something that I didn't want to do. And I was being compliant and saying yes to it because I didn't want to hurt their feelings. If I decided to say no to it and my partner was like, 
what the heck, man? Like you never do anything for me. That would be a controlling statement. That would be a controlling. A manipulatively controlling yeah, statement. That would be a controlling boundary problem. Emotionally manipulative. Yeah, exactly. I'm familiar. Yeah. And not saying I've that I've had you that happen that, to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, 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 <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. yeah. No. It was just for example. <laughs> or, um, and, and so you never do enough for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this is like for, for back to the gate analogy, this is someone breaking down your gate or climbing over your gate. Right. This is a good boundary buster. I, yeah. Yep. This is a boundary buster. So if you're a compliant <laughs> person, you've probably, and we've probably all come yeah. across controllers. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's hard when you're compliant because they, the controllers like to seek people that are compliant because they always get what they want, right? Yeah. And it's probably not malicious. It's no. just, it's like it's a how dynamic they're used to that getting works. Things. It's, it's how they're yep. used to getting it's things. Just, yeah. It works for them. Yep. And it's not. And for both of them. <laughs> yeah. For both of them, really. Yeah. And I right. would say, honestly, your dad was probably more that personality type before we really started healing. Yeah. And I was the other. Mm-hmm. But they both have insidious problems. Yeah. Because, well, I, I will say, my compliance, I would be the martyr, right? And be upset mm-hmm. that he would be kind of controlling. Mm-hmm. But I also enabled it. Yeah. Right. By just con- my constant complicity Absolutely. enabled it. Makes sense. And, and th- those two are infamously linked together. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fourth boundary problem that I want to go over is non-responsive and they can't hear. Yes. And that means, you know, they don't hear the needs of others in their relationships or their friendships. Mm-hmm. They don't hear the needs and they don't partake in their responsibility to love others. So for the gate example, this would be, they would just not even Re- interact with the gate at all, right? These like, say you're in a relationship and your partner says that they need you right now mm-hmm. to be with you because they're having a hard time. A non-responsive person in the relationship would be like, um, you're good, you'll figure it out. Let's go to bed. Uh-huh. You know, they, they're not partaking in the responsibility to, to have a vulnerable moment or um, a helpful moment for their partner, you know? And okay. it, and these, it's kind of like a gray line, you know what I mean? Because if you go too far the other way, you could be a compliant person, right? Right. Because you you can't like, or you you struggle with um yes, right? And mm-hmm. It's like avoidant kind of a problem, right? Right. It's similar to avoidant in that way. Wow. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of information to take in. <laughs> but that these is. are the four boundary problems that you're going to see. And I'll put up a diagram. Basically, compliance can't say no. Avoidance can't say yes. Controllers can't hear no. And non-responsive can't hear yes. All right. Yeah. A lot of information. So it is. It enjoy. is. <laughs> Do with that so, as you will. I kind of already talked about some of my relationships in the introduction of this, but um, I'll just say... If let's talk about some maybe defining moments of some lack of boundaries in our relationship. So mm-hmm. I could say like I've been compliant in the past. Dad has been also a compliant probably with me. Mm-hmm. Like we kind of seem like we might move in and out of some of these. Is that yeah common? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So like it, when you see this like graph for the first time or like you see these boundary problems for the first time, I'll be like, oh, I'm that one. Yeah. But in reality, I've probably been all four. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And, and it's not like a black and white situation is very gray, very fluid mm-hmm. to be in each of those boundary problems. So do you have any defining moments in relationships that you'd like to share of some boundary issues? Yeah. Like with a friend or family member? Mm-hmm. That you- um, I had a friend that I went to school with and made music with. 
um, he had the controlling boundary problem and I had the compliant boundary problem. And this was a big moment for me learning like, like this is a boundary problem, but I still was struggling to say no. Right. Um, these, and it's funny cause these two boundaries have a relationship. We just attracted like magnets at that point. Um, and he was an artist. So was I, but he wanted me to focus on producing for him and engineering for him and put, you know, being an artist on the back burner. Um, you know, I like, he also didn't want to pay me for that time because we were just having fun. And I didn't really put up those boundaries that, you know, I'm providing service for you, even if it's not like the best right now, you know what I mean? Like I'm still spending a lot of my time working for you and putting my needs on the back burner. Um, this and, is a common theme with boundary busters. They don't, they don't mind invading time, mm -hmm. your emotions or your money. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and I appreciated his friendship so much that I didn't want to like say no. Like mm -hmm. I liked being his friend so much. Did you fear a loss of a friendship? Exactly. That's exactly. So, you know, compliance have a lot of fear when it comes to saying mm -hmm. no. They don't want to, they, they're scared of the consequences of saying no and sticking up for yourself. Um, so I allowed him to keep having, you know, free studio time, but I wasn't getting what I needed. You know, he might've given me studio favors, you know what I mean? But it was never like, we never agreed on something and it was kind of just him bullcrapping his way into so, getting what he wanted. And it really wasn't his fault. Yeah, no, it wasn't. you didn't set the boundary. So I grew resentment and I was upset with him uh -huh. because he was doing what worked for him, but I didn't set that boundary and I was mm -hmm. resentful for him and our relationship didn't work because of that. And, you know, our friendship crashed for many reasons, but this was probably a very big instigator and in why we didn't work together because I so struggled so hard to say no to him. Um, you know, but really it, it, I'm so thankful for it because it really did like, whether or not I could say no, I knew what I had to say no, you know, mm -hmm. and I knew I was like, this is a boundary problem. So you enabled him. I think I this is it. the problem with compliance. We, we do a lot of enabling in yeah. different areas. So a lot of compliance probably have people with addiction in their lives or mm -hmm. with, um, these kind of things. So, um, your dad has anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so I, a lot of years I spent enabling or catering to that or to make sure he didn't experience it. So I gave up on a lot of things in my life because I thought, okay, it's not worth it. This yeah. is going to cause him anxiety. He didn't ask me to, not once. Like, this is me. Yeah. <laughs> this is me deciding I'm going to save him. The problem when we read the book was I realized, I, I thought, oh, he's going to leave me when he figures out what I've done. Because mm -hmm. I thought, I've really hurt him. I've allowed him, I've like, stunted his growth mm -hmm. because I enabled and catered to this issue. Mm -hmm. And then I also made you guys cater to his issue, right? Oh, that's a big one right there. Yes, Making the people around you cater yes. to this issue that you can't say no to. Yes. I know that is a compliant problem. It is. <laughs> that is a compliant problem. That and I thought- I am guilty of. I really thought if he figures this out, he's going to leave me. When I suddenly saw that- Oh, excuse me. Isn't it interesting how you become a controller to other people to support your compliant problem? Yes. Right? <laughs> it's kind of gross. It's kind of gross. When I, when I read this book and I saw this that, and I truly realized that, oh, oh, you're the biggest problem in this dynamic yeah. of every, so I thought everyone was ruining my life and I had to get away from them, mm -hmm. but I was ruining my life. Um. So Nicole, like, what were some other parts that you found to be defining moments in you needing to have better boundaries? Um, I feel like it was mostly just 
my friendships, especially in college, mm-hmm. I feel like I hit a little glow up stage and I didn't really have friends or hang out with people in high school. And I went to college and I had so many friends that I just, I could not tell people no. And I mm-hmm. constantly wanted to impress people, constantly wanted to go hang out, even if I didn't want to, made my grades suffer, made everything in my life suffer because of it. You know, um, I think once I finally learned how to put up those boundaries and care for myself and not really feel like I'm missing out on anything, a lot changed. And I realized that a lot of these people are actually not people that I wanted in my life in the first place. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of almost like your self boundaries, you didn't have them formed. I didn't. You're hanging it and being around a situation that you just wanted to feel that acceptance and that. Yeah. Love. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. I can relate. Yeah. <laughs> I can relate. I can yeah. totally I think relate. everybody's hit that point up some point in their life, I guess, but it was just hard because I feel like it was really just my growing years and I spent it trying to impress other people, but it really, like, I'm glad that I learned it at such a young age. Yeah. I'm so grateful that you guys are understanding this at a young age. Yeah. I I am too. Yeah. You don't want to. Because it's improving our relationship, but it's improving our future relationships with any friends, you know, whatever else is happening. And it's really a shame that this isn't like, really spoken about or talked about in school when you're growing up and developing like these habits in your relationships, it's more like, you know, just take the standard stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like, here's some real life practical skills that you can use to further. Well, in all fairness, it's probably a parent's responsibility That's to fair. teach and model. That's fair. And not, and it's unfair that, you know, like my parents' parents, their parents' parents, I mean, how far back does it go? We don't know. Yeah. You know, it's just an unfortunate thing. Yeah. And, um, but I do believe maybe it's our job to help people. Yeah. Right. We've been through it. We're learning. It's good. Um, My relationships have changed exponentially. Yeah, me too. Like I have, I enjoy the people I choose to be around now. Yeah. I enjoy the time I Emphasis spend with on them. Choose to be around. Yes, <laughs> and you feel the respect from both ends. I don't really got ends. many friends anymore because I'm just, yeah. you know, I'm not, like no offense to people I used to hang out with, but I just, I'm just kind of on my own right now. Like, well, I think that's there's some some natural things that happen yeah. when you start to develop boundaries, mm-hmm. right? So one is, and it's supernatural as you start to develop boundaries to isolate a little bit. Yeah, yeah. To, so you can kind of get strong and figure out who you are and what you want. Yeah. So I spent so many years not knowing who I was Mm -hmm. because I spent my time fulfilling who I thought everybody else wanted me to be. So they would like me Yeah, and saying yes to everything Mm -hmm. that it took me some time to figure out who am I? What do I like? So I could set a boundary because those are really important things to know Mm -hmm. because when, as we go and talk more about boundary setting, if you don't know who you are and what you like and what you don't want, or what you want inside your fence and what you don't want inside that fence. Yeah. How do you set a boundary? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So I think it's okay as we grow to take that time and go and get strong in mm-hmm. who we are, but then to set back out. And I think another common phase that I've went through is to be a little bit angry. Like I was a little angry at my mama yeah. <laughs> and my dad yeah. and my grandparents and their parents. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm not lying. I mean, it, and that's really normal. Like as you start to realize, but it's a phase. It's not, and when, when you realize and have compassion that, oh my goodness, like, yeah. you know, she would have liked to have had boundaries too. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, she would have liked that life too. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but there is a little bit of anger. And I noticed too earlier on, as I started setting boundaries, I got a little angry that people would even dare cross my boundaries. How did you not know this? Uh, yes. <laughs> how, how dare you? And how unfair of me is like, they didn't know there's a flip was switched inside of me. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden I'm a different person. Yep. And so, but I think that's fair to give yourself a little grace that there's some transition, like, okay, so now you're yeah. angry, but it's not going to last. Now you're going to work through that. And yeah. you might get angry as you start to set boundaries mm -hmm. and it doesn't work because it's a practice, <laughs> especially yeah. if you're new, it's hard. And there's, there's difficult people. Like I thought my husband was going to be super difficult and it wasn't. And I think it's because we read the book together that I can say, Hey, you're, being a boundary buster, I've said three times I need to work and you won't leave my office. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry, because mm -hmm. he's so sweet. And so it's important to have a supportive network as you go into this foray, yeah. <laughs> because if you don't, it makes it extremely difficult. Because like my mom like, and I, we, we have boundary issues that we, we're working through. And thank you, Jesus, that my mom and I are both have been seeking help and we've both gotten help through this and we're not the same people we were, but it's still a dynamic, right? That we, we step on each other's toes a little bit here and there, and we're trying to find our place in that. Yeah. So I still get a little triggered sometimes by stuff that happens like a small boundary. Like she, she overstepped a boundary, which was really insignificant and doesn't even know she did it. So I hope she doesn't watch this. Love you, mom. <laughs> so, but it was really insignificant and I really overreacted to it in my mind that it was a big deal and I didn't deal with it. Mm -hmm. And that's why it became a big deal is because normally with other people, I just deal with it right away. Like, no, I, no, I don't want to do that. No, no, no. So anyway, it's really important to have a support network because I do have your dad and you guys, I know, have each other. I have my church. I have my friends at church who I can bounce things off of. It's interesting after you learn this, like I, I did have like an isolation period. I mean, I left my, my job, to, you know, to do this mm -hmm. um, and I didn't have like a, a big network of friends, but I didn't really like go towards back to my friends because I was, I needed to like understand where my boundaries lied mm -hmm. and what I needed in my life, you know? So it was nice to have Nicole and nice to have you guys, but I didn't, it didn't really expand far past that for probably a year. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I think that's okay. It's good. Yeah. yeah. It's just kind I of like that chapter in my boundaries. It was a lot yeah. of growth and between then. I think it's okay to be alone and just learn to like yourself a little bit too. Oh mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Especially like, like me, I never wanted to, I was never alone growing up. You know, I always had to be hanging out with someone. And now it's like within this past year, I think I've taken so much time to really learn myself and it's been great. You know, I love being alone. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm a little <laughs> selfish with my time though. And that's a lot of like mine and Nicole's boundary problem. You know I mean? Is my selfishness for needing a lot of time alone, but also are you learning. being selfish truly? Cause okay. So this is a boundary problem. Uh -huh. We think we're being selfish when we express our need. Mm -hmm. Are you being yeah. selfish with your time? I think I can be. Okay. Right? So I think there was a balance that I had to learn because I would go so far one way, but maybe Nicole did want more of my time that I was willing to allow to give, right? Okay. So there was a, a, a push there that I couldn't handle, but at the same time, like I had, I set a boundary, right? With where I was at. And then I got to, and, and I took it the far the other way 
Mm-hmm. where I was aggressive about my boundary when I needed to kind of pull back and see how selfish I was being with my time okay. because I also have to pay attention to her needs. Right, right? Oh, exactly. exactly. There's a balance, There's right? There's a balance between needs, yeah. And we'll talk about that here too yeah. in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, jumped ahead. <laughs> so I, when, when should you set a boundary? Mm-hmm. When, Ty? Uh, early and often. You know? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Uh, see, as soon as you see someone kind of looking over your fence, if you're going back to that fence uh-huh. analogy, you know, people be shady, got to be vigilant. <laughs> <laughs> people be shady. That's the truth. <laughs> people be shady and you know, they might not even know they're being shady. So, so we're going to set our boundaries early and often. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we need signs for when to set these boundaries because we don't know. Like I said, this was all new to me an alien and a new land. I thought I was being nice and being kind. I thought I was doing the right thing, mm-hmm. right? But as I started to learn about boundaries and when they were getting crossed, like I said earlier, like I would get a little angry. Mm-hmm. I still get a little angry. <laughs> um, I get a little isolation feeling like I want to isolate and I start feeling burnout. One of the things I notice if I should have set a boundary, this is a sign I should have set a boundary is if I find myself rehearsing what I wish I would have said, why didn't I say mm-hmm. this? Why didn't I say that? Yeah. Next time this happens, I'm going to say this. Yeah. It's so funny. I never correlated those times with boundaries. It's when we should have set one or um, if we're venting, like if something happened and we're like, can you believe she did this to me? If you're venting about someone, it's probably a sign you need to set boundaries. Exactly. So all of these are kind of warning signals. Some of them come a little later. Um, The anger, the irritation over something happens. You can kind of see that. But if you get to the point where you're rehearsing and venting, maybe maybe we should have sent Mm -hmm. set a boundary a little earlier. But don't be upset about these. These are victories. These, mm-hmm. This is a victory that you're feeling these things. These are mechanisms inside your body that something's not right. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel these before. I mean, I would get like frustrated and depressed, but it wasn't because somebody crossed a boundary. It was because my life felt out of control. Now I have these things, these warning signs. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of like, if you watched your self-image podcast, they're like failure mechanisms where, you know, it's a, it's a signal or a sign to show you that there's something wrong. So if you're not comfortable in setting boundaries or even know when a boundary has been crossed, these are a good place to look whether or not that, you know, somebody's crossed the boundary with you and you need to set a boundary. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They're warnings, indicators that something's not right. Absolutely. And like, don't be upset about those. No. Because sometimes I would feel like I'm learning about boundaries and then it would happen again. And I would feel like I'm never going to get this. Am I never going to get this? Obviously, like we don't want to like be reminded of like how far back we are in something yes. or like how much we have to learn. But, you know, like it's a, it's a good thing that you feel. It's hard to like reshape it and think that this is a good thing that you feel that way because you're being aware of when something's happening. Right. When exactly. When a boundary is being crossed. Exactly. And that's the point. We all just need to be more aware of when boundaries are being crossed so we can early and often get on top of them. Exactly. So there's a lot of boundary problems that we could all have in the past. I think we all related to the difficulty saying no. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's just hard to say no to people because we want them to like us. Any other boundary difficulties you guys have had? Um, Yeah. Feeling responsible for other people's feelings. You know, a lot of relationships like friendships, you know, I would, 
try to set a boundary, followed by a temper tantrum, and I would cave to that boundary because I felt like I hurt them. I mm-hmm. felt like I did something wrong because, like you said, like I feel like I'm doing something good by giving you what you want all the time and giving you what you need all the time because I want to make you feel good. But it's really healthy for the relationship to say no. Like you're not having a true, honest yeah. relationship unless you're it saying is. no, you know? So sometimes if we say no, because we don't want to say no because we might hurt their feelings. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I don't want to go the concert with you. Mm-hmm. We we don't feel empowered to just say no, mm-hmm. right? Because we don't want to hurt their feelings, mm-hmm. but we're okay hurting our own. Yeah, We're okay hurting our own needs. So or, many of my boundary problems have been out of fear. You know, all of it, all of Me my, too. you know, especially, and it's insecurity. Yeah. Yeah. Insecurity, fear. Um, and I think like also on the other end of being a controller, like, like you said, try to make people go along with my compliancy for another mm-hmm. person. Right. Mm-hmm. I feel like, or controlling or like in the aspect of saving someone when they didn't ask for it, you know? Exactly. There's another thing that I want to talk about. Um, So I have somebody in my life who often asks me for things that I'm unwilling to give. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Could be time, money, or energy. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just say that. And when he does this, I used to have a hard time saying no, because I didn't want to hurt his feelings. But again- Or his future, your your, thought of what his future could be. Right. Exactly. So- the problem with that is it's okay if somebody's feelings are hurt. Yeah. It's okay. okay. We don't, I don't think we should set out to hurt somebody's feelings, but let's say you ask to, you ask, you want to me to give you $10,000. And I say, I don't think so, Nicole. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, no, I really want it. And I'm a good girlfriend to your son. You should give it to me. (laughs) Right. I, what if I said, yes, right? Just because I didn't want to hurt your feelings. Well, the hurting your feelings is okay if you're going to learn and grow from it, yeah. right? It would seem ridiculous for me to say, I mean, right now it seems ridiculous to say yes. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> just joking. But let's say it was a constant ask. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, and it was growing mm-hmm. and it was a financial thing. And you're like, I thought we were better friends than that. Dentally, I thought, I thought we were better friends. I really need the $10,000. And I'm like, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but at the same time, I don't want to give you $10,000 because I don't want to, let's yeah. say. And to be honest, that's an unrealistic expectation. It is. Yeah. It is. But a compliant doesn't know that sometimes. Yeah. A compliant doesn't know what an unrealistic expectation is. Amen. I feel like <laughs> in situations like that, I avoid explanations. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's a problem, right? Yeah. I think when we're dealing with people's feelings, we have to understand that we're not going to set out to hurt them, but it's okay if their feelings are hurt. Mm -hmm. Right. I agree. Okay. Any other um, boundary problems you guys have? Cause I have opinions on all of them. I feel like I've had trouble oversharing to people. I think Mm -hmm. there was a lot of things in my life that I kind of just needed help with. And instead of just seeking to myself, because I was so reliant on other people, 
I just continuously trauma dumped onto people. And I feel like I've also gotten that out of a friendship as well. Mm-hmm. And it's hard, especially like, let's say someone comes up to you and asks for relationship advice. It's one of those things, you know, like you can only tell them, give them advice so much. Like it's not your relationship. Um, and at that point, you're just taking on their trauma. Okay. Do you hear what you just said? I think this is a boundary problem. Do you have a lot of friends that come to you for advice over and over and don't take the advice? I do. Yeah. <laughs> so I do. Th- that's a boundary <laughs> problem. Like people continually asking you for advice or wanting your help, but not hearing a word you say. Yeah. And then it takes your time and your energy. Yeah, it's normal for our age, especially. Everybody's learning how to navigate and they're going through life and everybody goes to all their friends to talk about relationships and stuff. But it's, I used to think that was normal until I realized it was just destroying any of my relationships. Well, it's take, okay, so I get it. If you're, okay, let's say you guys have an argument and you're talking to your friend about it and getting some true insight. I feel like it has to be something like pretty- You know, well, so, well I've, I've, I've heard this one thing one time, you know, like if you ask more than three people, you don't, it's not yeah. to get an actual answer. It's yep. for attention, yep. it's for validation. Exactly. But so I have some people in my life who used to come to me for advice and would never take it. Yeah. Would never take it. And going into the same ditch and over and over. And then I felt frustrated. And then I would be like more proactive in my approach to mm-hmm. helping them. And so the problem was, they took my time and my energy mm-hmm. and I let them, right? And then I started inserting myself even more because I'm like, how do you not see this? Like, yeah. this is so obvious. Oh yeah, you get so consumed into yes. it that it's like, it drains you. Yes. Yeah. And so that, I mean, that was a boundary problem of yeah. mine. Yeah, that I've had I, that before too. Or I feel like another thing for me was a really strong need to be liked. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how I touched back earlier, especially when I was in college and- I think I adjusted a lot of myself from my preferences or even just the way I acted just to impress people. And now that I'm just so firm in who I am, I feel like when I rekindle with those people, they're kind of just like, you're different. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm just acting like myself. (laughs) I'm just just me now. Yeah. Hello, meet me. (laughs) This is the person that I am. (laughs) I, I feel I am not you know, I'm 50 years old. I feel like I've had a thousand lives, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like this new version of me is so different. I'm almost uncomfortable to be with friends who I haven't seen like in a couple of years. Absolutely. It's just been one year for me and I'm afraid to go back to the restaurant I used to work at. <laughs> <laughs> See, I did that too in college. Yeah. And for me, it's like, I'm I don't want to have shame towards it, but I do. At the same time, did anybody think twice about it that much? No. No. I probably came off as pretty damaged or sporadic, but that's okay. Like everybody grows, you know, I was young. Yeah. I think everyone's just doing life. I just, I don't know that. I think that relationship dynamic would be so different unless you're like Susanna, who's my favorite. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, It would just be so different. Because I'm so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to just buy you lunch because you showed up. Yeah. I'm not going to just do whatever you want because, and I don't even want, I find myself not even wanting to go back to those kind of relationships that were so one-sided anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I know um, I would ask inappropriate questions a lot. Mm-hmm. And especially like the restaurant or something or or with friends that, you know, I would not like 
that. I mean, do you sometimes mean like, like no, just I, like kind of? I ask inappropriate, sometimes like that, invasive you know, questions. Exactly, I do that. that's what I mean. So invasive. I mean, like some like off-color kind of yes. questions, but more invasive because for that savior complex in my head, because I want to save people and I want to ask that questions too. that are deep and maybe not where our friendship is comfortable mm. at, so I can like control them. Because I don't want to take care of me. I want to control them. Or the situation. Even. And the situation in their life to help them for my savior complex. You know what I mean? I had a big problem with that. Yeah. I used to. Mm-hmm. I was very, one of my boundary problems is I was very inauthentic in my relationships. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I was whoever they wanted me to be. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, well, in, in all fairness, I didn't know who me was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a, I feel like, especially when you're such a compliant person. Yeah. And once you start to like understand yourself, it's almost overwhelming. You know, we just watched the Barbie movie last night. (laughs) Remember when Barbie finally had the courage to be her and say no to Ken? Yes. Right. And she's teaching Ken to be him. Right. She got to see who I am. They got to know who I am because they said, yeah, because he didn't have any boundaries either for him. He would throw away everything out of his day to, you know, just for her to just just say hi. hi. (laughs) That was cute. That was cute. I, uh, my other boundary problem area is I like to give advice, Mm -hmm. especially unsolicited. Oh yeah. (laughs) So do I. So, um, that is a definitely a boundary problem. I like to, this is where I cross over yeah. <laughs> into somebody else's uh, yard yep. and, you know, go to my neighborhood and tell him that he should be growing, you know, another peach tree because I'm not getting enough peaches this year. See, boundary <laughs> problems are not just black and white. You're not just one. <laughs> no. I'm not just one. <laughs> no. See, it's not just people coming and crossing to mine. I cross yeah. into theirs too. Actually. And that happens when you don't know any better, Mm -hmm. but it also explains a lot of my friendships or people maybe not wanting to hang out with me. If I'm going to say, I mean, you should breastfeed. Of course you should breastfeed. I breastfed, you know, when I was younger, everyone should do what I do. Yeah, It's kind of interesting. Like when you're first learning boundaries for me, like I was always the victim in it. Yes. Right. And like understanding, you know, as you mature, like in most people, like I see on social media, when they talk about boundaries, they're like, I'm like always the compliant one. I'm the victim in this situation. But to be honest, like if you're compliant, you're kind of being a villain to yourself and, and the to relationship them. and to them. But also you could be a controller too. It's very yeah. likely you're also not just, <laughs> ooh, poor me. You know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that was an interesting part of why I thought your dad was going to leave me mm-hmm. because I had been the victim this whole time. He is the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Because I'm doing yep. all these things for him and yep. he's just not loving me enough. <laughs> and he is not reciprocating enough. I mean, he honestly could not have reciprocated enough. There yeah. was no amount that could fill up the emptiness that mm-hmm. I was feeling mm-hmm. because I had poured every ounce of myself out. And I honestly didn't allow people to pour back in. I, I just didn't. So it it was just such a weird thing. And I thought, that's when I thought, okay, he's going to leave me. When I figured out, I was the bigger problem in this. I was the one who created most yeah. of the dynamic. I thought, okay, but no, he's a good man. And he loved me through it and is healing with me. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a good man. Yeah. All right, kids, any other boundary problems that you've had? No, I think for me, I'm, I've cleared them. Oh, I'm sure there's more. But oh, well. I'm sure there's more. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm not saying those are my only. This is not an exhaustive list. This is just ours. I could probably go on for days, but those were the ones I had planned answers for. (laughs) Hey guys, sorry to interrupt. This is going to conclude our first podcast on boundaries. Part two is going to be available next week on Monday. Make sure to follow our Instagram at SoapyBoxOfficial just to be in the loop and updated of when we release things. Thank you guys for sticking around. And if you can, please hit that like and subscribe button. We're a brand new channel and each like and subscribe helps so much. Thank you guys so much. We love you all.